0: Hello and welcome to Polk County this week. Polk County this week gives you a chance to hear about things happening in our area and a chance to hear from some of the people making news or covering it. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Polk County this week.
1: Polk County this week is a public affairs presentation of Hall Communications.
2: <laughs> what you.
3: Want, what you, want, what you gonna do?
2: And
4: joining us now. On the program, he is the sheriff of Polk County. You know him and you love him. It is Sheriff Grady Judd? Good morning, Sheriff. How are you? How,
1: how are you today? I am present and accounted for. Well, I'm all excited. It's another day, and I just think about all the opportunities to help people. We're going to help some people out. We're going to help some people in jail. So you
4: know, it's help some be...
2: people into jail.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you
1: know.
4: Only the ones that need oh, yeah. that need to go there. The
0: though. not so smart ones.
1: <laughs> Idea. Mm. This weekend. Yes. Like, if you can't make it this weekend, Friday or Saturday, next weekend, mm. we're having our haunted jail. Tour. Oh yeah! Oh, fun yeah. times. Yes.
2: He was it, saying I could be included in it.
1: Yes, oh. you can.
2: He's gonna we'll put you, let in you in jail. I just I got like a car let... or something like that, and I can be yeah. in the jail. Then I be in the show. Be in jail, yes.
0: Can you keep him? Can you get out or not? Can Can you just keep him, Sheriff Judd? Just for no, a little bit.
2: I'm not. I'm not sure we'll let him out.
0: Ah, yeah. Yeah. see. I'll be a permanent
2: fixture in the uh, haunted. How are you going to do the
0: show if you're stuck in jail? I
2: can call in. I'm sure I'll oh. get my five minutes every day. Maybe. Maybe I'll get a. <laughs> now is this the
1: old jail over there perks. in Bartow where this happens? Yeah. Yes, it's the old jail in downtown Bartow. We do it every year, and it's a fundraiser for United Way. Nice. My deputies and men and women of the sheriff's office all volunteer, and we change the theme every year, and it's going to be really, really good this year, they tell me. Now, don't ask me what the – Oh. I knew you were going to ask me that. Yes.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, then – What's the you dates can, and times?
1: <laughs> well, you can ask me the theme, but I can't tell you, but I can tell you, it starts at 630 and runs to 1030 every night. And we're, you know, we're going to also have things for, if you have some little bitty kids that just are too young, we're going to have a place where we kind of watch them. So, you know, but you do have to pick them up again after, after you get through the jail oh, tour. There's we always a catch.
2: Them you have to pay yeah. bail first before you pick yeah. them up? What do no, you... no, no, no. We'll okay.
1: give them back to you for free. Oh, that's what nice. Do you, what
0: do you do with the adults that can't <laughs> handle the haunted house? Like they, They'll come up and be all like bravado and everything, and then they go through it and they come out screaming. We, what we are in guys, I think?
1: We actually have exit <laughs> strategies uh-huh. for people who get in there and get freaked out. Good. Oh, it's scary, and it is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we raise a lot of money for United Way, who helps us throughout the community. So it is just a super cool thing to do. And we'd like to have you there.
4: And when is it happening again?
1: This Friday and Saturday. And next Friday and Saturday from 6.30 to 10.30. It's the old jail in downtown Bartow on Broadway. You can't miss it. You know, it's, it's, it's the same place that we used to put Lynn in jail for years and years. <laughs> what? So...
2: It sounded but, familiar.
4: I have only seen the inside of a jail uh, performing there as a professional photographer. So right, uh, I uh, I have never allegedly been, well so, not
2: allegedly
0: that's what you claim. Check check my record. <laughs> my record
2: is clean. So you said it's old the old jail. Is it like really haunted? It is really yeah. haunted. Ooh. It's
0: Haunted. So you guys oh, aren't even yes. you guys aren't
2: even in there. It's just actual scary actual ghosts. ghosts. Okay, it is wow. a totally haunted jail. I oh guarantee it. That's very spooky. You gotta get spooky. ghost adventures down there. <laughs> check it out. You know,
1: you need to check it out. And and you know, the, the when you show up, the lines are gonna be long, and you are gonna think, "Oh my gosh!" But are we at Disney? Fast. Nope. It, it does not take long for people to run through that haunted jail. Oh yeah, they're you know,
0: you should it. do it during the day and offer tours for the little kids to go through for the schools.
1: Do Do you know what the next thing we know, they would be wanting mental health counseling. About yes.
2: <laughs> yep. Well, there's an exit interview at the end, right? Where they like diag- like, like, have a little psyche-, psyche valve at the end, right? We-
1: oh, of course. Yeah. You know, and, and we send three copies to the federal government. Oh, there yeah. you go. That's right.
2: So when they come yeah. in, if they're like, I don't know if I can do this, you just put them into holding. Mm. And yeah,
1: then just, they stay just put here. them Go right here to jail, and as soon as you feel like you can handle it, you
2: can get out. That's perfect. Awesome.
0: That's hilarious.
2: It's jail theme.
0: Uh-huh. Awesome.
2: Here's a jail theme. And and there it's you really go, haunted. Sheriff
0: Judd. It's a jail theme. <laughs> mm. uh,
4: now yeah. I wanted to ask you, uh, uh, Sheriff: Is uh, West Tenth Street in Lakeland in in uh, your jurisdiction, or is that the city? Both. It depends on where you are on West Tenth. Oh. I was just wondering if you uh, knew of the story of uh, Johnny Yates.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, Johnny Yates. Yes. I read about Johnny Yates this morning. <laughs> what an old.
2: <laughs> he haunts the jail
1: now. No. No, no <laughs> he doesn't. No. <laughs> no. I just. I read about him this morning. That was a remind me what it was I read well, about uh, first of all some uh,
4: officers I guess uh, arrived and I don't know oh, if they were yeah. deputies or or, 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 uh, or, or if they were Lakeland PD, PD. but anyway Those they deputies. they came to arrest him on yes. an aggravated battery charge and, and
0: there was a sign Yeah,
4: you know, the first thing that they see when they get <laughs> there there's a whiteboard on the house that says Johnny Yates does not live here very clear well, so
1: they, so, they, so they, they the thought that was a bit spot. suspicious yes
0: Thank goodness. Uh,
1: he's does live there, but he, but he hides in the chest of
4: drawers. That's there. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, uh, of course, uh, they, 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 they thought he was going to be in there, so they asked for him to come out, and uh, he didn't for about an hour. I guess they had to pop some smoke and get the people to come out, and uh, <laughs> then they sent in a canine and, uh, and sniffed, sniffed him sniffed out, him out uh, in the uh, fake chest of drawers. So
2: I really That's hope awesome. at first when yeah. they saw it, they were like, oh, he's definitely here. Well, let's act like we don't think he's here. We'd be like, oh, I guess Johnny Yates doesn't live here. And then they, like, just stomp away. And then they sneak around. <laughs> they pull the whole Home Alone trick on him, you know? Like, Who does
0: that?
1: Like, okay. Well, you, you know what's interesting about that? What's when, that, when, when you get there and they say, you know, we got this canine. If you don't come out, we're sending the dog in. And right. the dog goes, woof, 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 woof. Yeah. I'd be <laughs> like, don't. don't- Send the dog do in. You realize if we have to send that dog in, he's going to bite you. Right. i mm-hmm. oh, I'd no. be what, like just come out.
2: No, what you got to do, the cops need to get a hold of like Biden's dog.
0: Oh god. And then, like just send that
2: <laughs> one in. They'd be like we got we got Joe Biden's dog.
0: <laughs> You're go- Definitely going to get eaten.
2: And he's like no, no, no. Don't do that.
0: But sheriff Biden. Judd like yeah, they should be like hey, don't send the dog in. I'm coming. <laughs> Just give me a second. Put my pants on.
1: You, you know, I analyze that Joe Biden dog. Yeah. Because, you know, he bites everybody in the White House. Everybody. Yeah. That dog must be a Republican. Because <laughs> all he's biting is Democrats. There, you know? Is that what it is?
0: Kylie shipped him off. Back
2: I wonder. Old. I wonder if
1: the president knows he's got a registered Republican dog. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. could be. Could be. Now, when they have to ship the dog off, you should put like a bid in for it and be like, "Hey, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take, we'll the dog. take the dog. We can use well, him." We we just assume our dogs stay out of politics. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. You right. right.
0: <laughs> want them to be bipartisan. And, and, and you know that one's been biting
4: the uh, that one's been biting Bites the Secret partisan, Service agents. Right? So bipartisan uh, dog. He's biting the good guys and the bad guys. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> he was
0: biting the Secret Service too. Yeah, I know.
4: I'm oh gonna start
2: God. wearing suits of armor. Soon. He needs
0: to be a bipartisan dog to be down here working for the.
2: Bipartisan. Bipartisan. There yeah, you go. Yeah, bite get everybody. That's
0: right. You know? Know? You I you I bite everybody.
1: I bite everyone. What else you got for us today, Sheriff? So well, funny. I thought I'd, I'd brag it a little bit. Would you like some breaking news? Sure, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> now, I've got to tell you in advance. When I tell you this, it's going to throw my public information officers into apoplexy. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, that's heart <laughs> failure or yeah. that, that, They'll recover. Yeah, because, because you see on Sunday morning at about 2.16, we receive a 911 call mm-hmm. from a citizen that says, hey, there's a dude laying in the middle of the road next to his truck on the exit ramp off of I-4 at 27 with a gunshot. Yeah. What? So we arrive and there's nobody there except the witness and the guy who shot in the head who ultimately is pronounced dead just like yesterday. Yes, yesterday it was. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. Well, our detectives, I, I think I've told you this in the past, our homicide team is like the totally very best. I mean, we got like one or two unsolved homicides in like the last 15 years right mm-hmm,
4: right
1: and on one of those we know who did it just nobody will fess up to help us out so they're they're the they're the best so they start out with a, a, a fella shot in the head who ultimately dies next to his truck and nobody around except for this dude who drives up and says you know i thought it suspicious with well, this guy laying beside his truck with a hole in his head
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we have arrested the guy I read overnight. We have found him. My homicide team tracked him down. Mm. So the breaking news is we've solved that murder and the guy's in jail. And we're going to release a press release later today and see. So all of your listeners got to hear the news before we even published the news, except I kind of did just then.
4: You just did. There you, go. you just did. Yeah. And, I uh, appreciate that sheriff. Uh, yeah, that, uh Uh, That is awesome, and and, uh, I was wondering if, you know, because a lot of places along I-4 there have uh, uh, cameras, so they may have been able to catch something on one of those. I hope that's a a good use for those cameras, if you ask me.
1: You know, we don't always tell our investigative methods, Uh but there's one thing you need to know. What's that? That there are cameras almost in every business, in this county and every other county, right? Right, right. Oh, and, and and as a result of that, the people in the different businesses cooperate with us. hmm And then there are, like, red light cameras, you know? Yeah. And just thinking out loud that, you know, you, you know, and it's just, that camera's just like the police officer standing on the side of the road looking at tag numbers, you know? Yeah. As it passes by. Mm-hmm. And just thinking out loud, if you were to have to shoot a guy for whatever reason you thought you needed to shoot him, and then you drive past one of those red light cameras or by somebody's business, they might just have a picture of you. you exactly, know? exactly. So uh, anyway, the That's detective work
4: out. right there. That's detective was, work. Was it? it Leg was, work. It was, I call it. Yeah,
0: it, it was you guys that, um, we had a story yesterday, was it yesterday? What's that? Where they used forensics to oh, break yeah the cold, cold case. case. So that was you guys, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, I can talk about that because that I was, was cool. around here. You know, Teresa Scalp was a 29-year-old nurse at Lakeland General, as they called it back in the day, mm-hmm. when she was viciously murdered. And her mother wanted me to talk about how vicious this lady was, this lady was murdered her head was almost cut off. Yeah. She had all kinds of defensive wounds where she fought back. Mm -hmm. We investigated that for years and years and years, but understand back in the day, there was no DNA, right? No DNA. This is what? 37 years ago, 37 years ago. We knew we had two different kinds of blood is all we could tell you. So anyway, around when the CODIS, when we, when, DNA came about, then we put his DNA profile in CODIS, thinking, "Well, certainly we'll catch this guy, right?" Mm-hmm. Nothing, zero, right? Well, we teamed up with this private company that helped us do a generational check. You know, oh, wow, yeah. And what we discovered was in 1949, a third or fourth cousin to the suspect, who, of course, the suspect didn't even know, apparently had a relationship with a next-door neighbor. Mm -hmm. Wow. So we tracked this from a illicit relationship in 1949 through the genealogy and the family trees until modern times. And then we found the suspect's son, because the suspect, we learned during this process, was dead. Right. The suspect's son uh-huh. was totally cooperative. Was a gentleman. Was a great guy.
4: Yeah,
1: provided a blood sample for our DNA search, and said, "You know, my father was never ever arrested." Right. That's why he's time. not. That's why he wasn't in the system. Yeah, he was never. In- that's <laughs> why he wasn't in the system. He was never arrested. He owned a business. Mm-hmm. He raised us up. You know. So anyway, so so he cooperated mainly to help. Us so that we could just close out another league. Right. Well, of course, the DNA clearly showed that the murderer was his daddy. Yeah. Oof. So he was mortified.
2: Oh yeah, yeah that, that's a that's and, a blow.
1: But his daddy had passed in 2008. Right. Right. It was. Yeah. It, it was 2008. years old. Yeah. yeah. And we were able. Mama to the victim is 84 years old and she's very sick. Yeah. So she lived long enough for us to, to solve that case for her. Detective Matt Newbolt did the work for yeah. us. But look, I, I'm telling you right now, our investigative team is just the best, our homicide team. If you kill somebody in Polk County, we're going to find you. Yeah. yeah. Eventually. So uh, Eventually. In, in some cases. And we, never, we never gave up. Yeah. And, you know, quite frankly, it yeah. was such a horrific murder that... I encouraged and provided resources over the years and said, look, we got to figure this out. And modern technology allowed us to do that.
4: Incredible. Good job. Sheriff Grady Judd, uh, that is great. I love that kind of news. I I know you guys are always working, always working. Uh, Sheriff Grady Judd is the sheriff of Polk County. Sheriff, thanks for checking in today. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, my friend.
1: Thank you so much. Love you guys. See
4: you later. Joining us now on the program from the, the Peace River Center, he is the director of crisis response services and professional development, and he has a lot of letters after his name, Kirk <laughs> yes. Fassauer. Uh Kirk, tell us what all these letters mean.
3: No, good a morning. Lot of good morning. Well, uh, some of the letters mean LCSW. LCSW is licensed clinical social worker. I got my degree from Rutgers University in New Jersey. Mm
0: -hmm. My cousins went there, both my boy cousins. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Go to Charlotte Knights. Yep, Scott and
3: and Steve. Nice, nice. Yes. And the FT, uh, a lot of people joke with me about that because they think, oh, that stands for Uh, uh, full-time. But it doesn't. It's field traumatology. Oh, wow. Okay. Says specialize in trauma. In the field. Uh, In the field, especially, because I've done some work in uh, disaster behavioral health, and that's... Oh. afforded me some world travel as a result of that. That's Is this cool. how okay.
4: people react after they've gone through a disaster? Correct. Okay. Correct. So yeah, uh, That can be very traumatizing.
3: I would go out after a, a major disaster situation, and I've seen bits and pieces of the world mm. in bits and pieces. Mm. Ooh. And so uh, I, there's some places I'd love to go back to. I, I went over to Sri Lanka back in 2005 when the tsunami hit, and I was over there for a month Yeah. Uh, working with folks there. Uh, and uh, working in that community and if if any of you remember that was that uh, the
4: same like, like the one that uh, impacted Japan and Indonesia and yes yeah 2005 wow that long ago large that Can you whole large
3: yeah, yeah mm. exactly um not Japan it was just the uh, uh, uh Well I think coast. of
4: the uh well what was the 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 it one that I guess destroyed the Fukushima reactor r- and,
3: right yeah. I almost went on that one but my mm. wife said no <laughs> She didn't want me to come back. Can't go.
4: You will glow, (laughs) and I don't
0: want radiation in my house.
4: I'm just going to run to Chernobyl. Right, not going to
0: happen. So I.
3: She was probably smart. The only time she's (laughs) ever told me no, so Uh, I was like, okay, thank you. That's funny. I'll I'll honor that. There you go. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I would go into those areas and and work with folks on mm -hmm. the the trauma they've just experienced, and and start to work towards mitigating it. It's Mm -hmm. not it's not going to take care of it right away, but it's over time.
4: now, Something like that uh, where the trauma is obvious and um, it's obvious where the trauma comes from,
3: correct?
4: Um, other times it's not yes. um, when you the people that you deal with. In fact, one of the uh, uh well, I guess the main factor when um, law enforcement is uh, called out to somebody who may be having a psychotic episode um, is to find out if they are either a danger to themselves or to someone else. Correct. Um, a lot of times these people are having suicidal ideation, and uh, I, I guess when they get to you, uh, if they get Bay corrected, and then you have the opportunity or, or your staff to, to uh, work with them and try to figure out what's going on. Um, right. It's not probably not as easy as going to a place that just you know, suffered an earthquake, and you know why these people are feeling the way they are.
3: Right. For a number of reasons, it becomes a challenge because they may not make that connection, Mm -hmm. Um, the the folks are a little bit more immediate in focus so they may have forgotten the a tragedy that happened in their past or they don't want to talk about it it's just too sensitive for them so they've denied it and and repressed it pushed it down so uh, they put it way in the back and it's like well this isn't connected to that but eventually when you start talking with them and start to peel the onion, if you will, mm-hmm. um, uh, you get down and down into those layers and you, you figure out, here's the sensitive spot. Right. And that opens up a whole uh, uh, set of issues that they can address. And for many, it's an opportunity to realize, wow, how much that one incident impacted the rest of their lives. Uh, and in various ways, in relationships, in work relationships, and, and just the way they treat themselves even. Uh, and so that actually begins the, the layer of work that, that takes place in, uh, in therapy.
0: Yeah. well, And,
3: no, you there? know, that's
0: not the only – I mean, there's trauma, I think, that we experience on a regular basis that people don't realize. Like, for instance, today <laughs> with <laughs> Austin. So it's very traumatic for a parent to send their child off to school somewhere you know, in this day and age with, with the school shootings and stuff like that, it's, it's stressful for us, I think. And I don't think people realize that. And even in a situation like I have today, Austin's been sick over the weekend. Um, he he was sick since Thursday, but yesterday he was feeling better. He was feeling good today. I was like, okay, you're going to go to school. And then he had, he just had a breakdown on me. Because he doesn't feel well. And I get right. that he doesn't feel good. He still has a runny nose and everything. But he has not had the fever. And he's missed so many days of school, I feel compelled to send him. But at the same time, I'm struggling with, is he really sick? Is he is he over-exaggerating it? What do I do? And mm-hmm. as a parent, that's stressful. And that's... yeah affecting
3: me because <laughs> yeah. I can't focus so, I can't right so you, you want to address his his needs right you know and, and make sure he's comfortable and yeah physical illness can really drain you overall and then you just don't have the energy not only physically but mentally to address anything uh in your life at that yeah. moment it's like I just need a break um, and you uh, you allow for that break and you've got a understand yet as a parent it's stressful these days and going to school as you mentioned mm. yeah. is, even for him you know it's very
0: stressful. traumatic because yeah. he the first thing he told me when he started this new school he's in middle school was that I don't want to go to school because I'm afraid I'm gonna get shot
3: yeah that's mm. a unfortunate reality of mm-hmm. our time mm. um, for many kids and and mm. a lot of uh, adults kind of poo-poo it as thinking oh, they're just kids they don't understand but, but they do but they do they very much do and they talk about it and they may not be talking about it with adults they're talking about it amongst themselves because mm-hmm. uh, they need to they need mm-hmm. to address it somehow and this whole uh, catastrophizing uh, where you make small things worse than they are uh, and exaggerate the the impact this is this is something that they see on the news day mm-hmm. in and day out because we're hearing a lots and lots about shootings mm. in general, right? Um, and so that creates additional stress, and then you're sending them off from their safe place, which mm-hmm. is home, to a place that's not so safe anymore, and so that creates additional worry, and then that impacts grades and uh, socialization and how they interact with teachers, mm-hmm. and that comes out in behavioral ways they mm-hmm. they scream they yell they throw things they they uh lash out physically even um now those are the ones that show it mm-hmm. the ones you also have to watch out for are the ones that keep it inside mm. and don't talk about it and isolate from others mm-hmm. um, and really disengage
0: yeah same thing with the officers that don't want to talk about it and they don't want right. to address it and they got to peel back the onion yeah Yep, exactly.
3: Well, all right.
4: We're uh, talking with Kirk Fassauer from Peace River Center, and uh, it is your uh, monthly mental health checkup. Thank you for tuning in. Len and Laurie-Ann here with you, and we're here with uh, Kirk Fassauer from the Peace River Center. He is the Director of Crisis Response Services and uh, Professional Development. Now, uh, I was telling Laurie earlier on in the show that uh, I was looking at some uh, articles and watching some videos on the YouTube and trying to self-diagnose um uh, <laughs> Uh, and she told me I should leave it up to the professionals. Yes, I definitely uh, think
0: you leave it up to the professionals. You should not be self-diagnosing. Uh,
3: correct.
4: I think I have, uh, uh, what is it?
3: uh Borderline, b- borderline
4: personality disorder and um, probably I'm bipolar and uh, I, I don't know what else. But uh, <laughs> a lot of things. Um, but we were talking about, uh, you know, you going to... Um, crisis areas and, uh, helping people out with the trauma that they've experienced. And then, uh, how that translates to helping people here that come in, uh, that maybe are brought in, not of their own will.
3: Right. 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 And,
4: uh, so you have these people and you have to try to get to the bottom, uh, of what is causing them to feel the way that they're feeling. Uh, do you ever run into cases where someone, for example, I, I will just say, uh, Somebody idolized Robin Williams, for example, Uh and then Robin Williams took his own life.
3: Yeah. Or
4: Kurt Cobain or Chris Chris Cornell or Chester Pennington or any of these uh, celebrities that uh, ended up taking their own lives Um, and – people might think, well, gosh, if it wasn't good enough for them, they had everything. You know, com- you know, They're looking at right. it from their perspective. Right, exactly. These people had everything, exactly. for- fame and fortune and you know, adoring fans, all of it. And that wasn't enough for them to want to keep living. Yeah. So what do you tell somebody who maybe feels that way?
3: Well, there are many, there are many different things. Uh, one of the things that I do when, when talking with somebody, especially on our, our crisis line, is we, we we try to look for that one thing of value that they have in their life. Doesn't matter how small, and really try to build on that um, mm-hmm. because that means something to them. And the the point you bring up with regard to celebrities and the fact that that highlights and sometimes memorializes and romanticizes right. the Animals. issue of suicide. Right. And so, um, it, it's not a. It's not one of those things we, we want to do that with. But in the same time, we want to celebrate the life that that person had beforehand and not just remember them for the final act, mm-hmm. mm. um, which is often tragic. Right. And and it does create what you're referring to as uh, copycat yes. uh, suicides. Mm. The The thought of suicide is already there for that person. And then they've got this person they've idolized mm. who... Through, follows through, falls through, and and uh, dies by suicide. Right. So, I
4: mean, I know actually an example where a friend uh, that I worked with uh, committed suicide, and uh, I, one of the last things he said, reportedly, um, mm. because his grandfather had committed suicide. Mm. That's right. And yeah. one of the last things he he told the guy he was on the phone with was, uh, if it was good enough for Pap Pap, it's good enough for me. Yeah. So yeah. you know,
3: it, it, it's unfortunate, and in families that have. Uh, a death by suicide in them, it raises the risk level for everybody else in that in that mm. family. And the, the point that you you bring up that if hey if it was good for pap pap it's good for me yeah was really how I came to terms with that particular statistic because, um, for me early in my career I'm thinking why why would it be higher I would I would be looking at my other family members and seeing how uh, horrible and emotionally draining it was to see the loss of a loved one due to suicide, Mm. why would that be a high risk for us? And uh, having done some work uh, to raise awareness in the state and going to Tallahassee many times, I've uh, met a a mother who lost her 16 year old daughter to suicide and she really helped me come to terms with kind of understanding that. And she said exactly what you said. Mm. It's, it's an, most of us go through life, and we struggle with what seems insurmountable problems, and we, we plow on, we, we, we get through, and we have a support system in place. Right. For those that have had a death by suicide in their family, it becomes an option. Oh, um, I see what you're saying. Because mm. if it's good enough for that, that right. it's good enough mm-hmm. for me. Uh, and, and for me, it took me a while to kind of let that sink in when she told me that, and it was like. Man, that makes it, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you've got an idolization of a celebrity who goes down that road and dies by suicide, it then creates the permission, if you will. Right. Um, uh, that uh this is okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's an option. Mm-hmm. It's an option. Yeah. Yeah. It opens um, the window. It, for a lot of us that's not an option. We don't even We don't even think from, of it. Right. Yeah, I and if it's already there, it's it's there. Right. And so, one of the myths about suicide is that if you talk about it, it puts the idea in somebody's head. Yeah. And that is mm. not the true. biggest myth of all.
4: Some great information. You know. It is very good to know. And uh, like I said, every month we'll be uh, having this segment, the second Monday of each month at eight uh, o'clock. It's your mental health checkup. Kirk Fassauer from Peace Representative. Kirk, thank you very much for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me. You're Absolutely. Awesome.
3: Thanks.
0: And that wraps up this week's edition of the program. Thank you for tuning in and join us again next Sunday for Polk County This Week.
1: Polk County This Week is a public affairs
2: presentation of Hall Communications.